Hello and welcome to the Fulham Focus podcast. My name is Morgan Cowton and tonight again I am joined by Mr John Shorb. Hi there. And making his first appearance on the podcast, another Matt. Uh, this time it's Matt Dom. Hello everyone. Uh, guys, let's kick straight on with it. Uh, we've got plenty to get through since our last podcast two weeks ago. Starting off with, you know, we've had another two games, another six points. You know, against Barnsley and Forest, two games that we didn't play particularly well in. But again, we came through with the win. And, you know, is that they say that's the sign of a sort of a good team is being able to win when you're not playing particularly well. Yeah, I think we've got to sort of have a quick look at those uh, performances, see sort of, you know, positives. And, you know, there are a couple of negatives, but really at the end of it, can you sort of look badly upon sort of getting two wins? So, uh, uh, Matt, what's your thoughts on the games? Yeah, I mean, you make the point, you can't always play well. And that was our downfall last season, to be honest. You know, we to, to win a game, we needed to really dominate the opponents. We needed to, you know, everything had to, had to go right for us. And I, I think it's comforting that, um, you know, we weren't brilliant against Barnsley. We were a bit better against Forest. But it's a good sign, I think, that you can pick up points or pick up wins when you're not at your best. I mean, just to look at Brighton last season. I think that was the difference between us and them. They could they could pick up results when they weren't playing that well. We've added that this season. So yeah, I think that that can only be a good thing. I think obviously with the Barnsley game, you know, we definitely didn't play well the first half. You know, Barnsley went ahead. Them going down to ten men, uh, rightfully so. Obviously, I'm not that uh, their French guy. I'm not quite sure what he was thinking. Uh, he <laughs> wasn't, but to sort of you know shove Steph Joe right under the referee's nose, straight into someone's head. Uh, you, you're going to get sent off for that. And, you know, as we showed against Ipswich, we, against 10 men, our game, you know, opens up and we overran them second half. I mean, obviously it took to the 92nd minute uh, for K-Mac to get that goal. But from sort of, I wasn't there, but from what I heard, it was fairly one-way traffic. So, John, I mean, obviously when a game turns, on, turns you know, on a decision like that, you expect to win. But sort of, what, what did you think? Did you uh, did you think we improved in the second half generally in that game, or do you think it was just because they were down to ten men uh, they couldn't handle us? It's a difficult one to say, really. I mean, the first half was really, really not good at all. I mean, that that's red card helped us out massively, and we still didn't make it look easy. But um, yeah, that, that was the massive moment in the game, and the resilience to kind of keep going and and get the three points play right to the end was was really important and I mean we've we've been quite lucky I mean an idiotic decision by one of their players really handed us not the game we had to win it but really handed us a much better chance much better hand to go ahead and do that and probably you know after the team came in came back out from half time probably not all that confident after what they'd done in the first half that probably just kind of gave them that edge to think oh, we really have to do this now once again kind of winning winning a bit ugly and I think luck is definitely with us at the moment. Ever since the podcast started, we're doing really, really well. <laughs> I think we've only lost once since we started, I think. Yeah, I mean, they obviously listen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, in that Barnsley game, um, you know, we mentioned uh, would Slav start with target and left back? And no, he went with a doy and then at half time brought him on, which is kind of what we thought he would do. I mean, it, you know not using our expertise, but more more or less looking at what he'd done with loan signings in the past and not sort of blooding them straight in from the get-go. Um, and I think, you know, in the two, well, one and a half games that Target's played, he's, you know, he's changed that left-sided position. And, you know, it's great to have, you know, in all fairness to Adoy, he's not a natural left-back. 
possibly more so because he's you know right footed, right footed left backs. I'm always a little bit skeptical of, but you know targets come in and you can see he's a class left back. And I think having that security there is giving Cess that uh, you know that little more uh, confidence just to bomb down that wing. Um, and obviously, two goals against Barnsley in the second half was great. And you know from you know. Maybe against Forrest, he was looking a little bit off his game. Uh, but then again, he's 17. You know, you can't expect, no matter how sort of promising a player he is, you can't expect him to have a sort of, yeah, you know, a world of game every day or every match. So, I mean, I don't know. What did you think? Did you think he lo- looked off his game a bit? Or did you think he was just, you know, slightly quieter than usual, Matt? Uh, to be honest, I thought he started really well against Forrest. And you can see he's got a bit of a link up already with Target. Early on against Forest, he had there was a few times that um, Target found him with the through ball down the left. I think that's what Sess is really good at. He can he timed his run like like he's a fullback, if that makes sense. Whereas you get wingers who sort of take on a man, beat him for pace. He he has got that sort of that instinct to get in behind, and I think Target saw that quite uh, quite a few times early on. Sessner's end product wasn't that great. A few times he sort of. Uh, had a few crosses blocked. A couple went wayward. He got he got the ball taken off him a few times. I think his after that his head went a bit, and then he didn't have his best game for us afterwards. It's tough, like you say. He's seventeen. He's he's not the finished product, but he's got that instinct that I think you you um you only get when you're you're a, when you're a bit older. You know, he's got the kind of he's got an, an older head on his shoulders. More often than not, he has a, he has a good game. Uh, it wasn't one of his better games, but I still thought he, he started well, faded a bit, and I, I'm not really going to be too harsh on him because you know we got the win. He, he contributed to a, a great result in the end. And I think we, you know, yeah, Karanka sides are known being sort of you know very strong defensively. Um, I think their sort of you know plan would have been to sort of choke the sort of Fulham attacking play for the most part. You know, uh, you know they they were they were good. They look like a sort of a solid team, much more solid than they did under Warburton this season. So I think, you know, obviously we've got the two goals. Uh, Pantillamon could have done slightly better with the first one and the second one being, you know, just on the break. So I don't know, John, what were your feelings on the game generally? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a much better performance than Barnsley. So we, we weren't, we didn't stroll it, but I don't think it never felt like the game had got away from us. Um, thought Cess, yeah, as, um, as Matt said, Cess was better first half and then second, nothing really came off for him. I struggle with, I mean, and going back to what Matt said as well, like he has got this instinct to time a run and I think he's kind of got what you can't teach, which is that instinct. He, I don't think he's the best with the ball at his feet. I don't think he's the best at taking people on, but he can get better and better and better at that. And I think they, the second half, they really closed him down. It wasn't, it wasn't awful, but you know, he, he didn't really offer all that much. I was quite impressed with, with Forrest. I mean, they, they were tight. They were tough to break down. They did have that chance that um, Bettinelli made a couple of brilliant saves and hit the post earlier on. But I didn't feel at any point that we were going to lose the game, to be honest. And I was confident we could probably push on for a win. But actually, I think, I mean, they've got a lot of new players in and quite a few of those quite, quite decent players. And obviously, they need time to gel in. And with their manager, I think Forrest could be quite helpful to us this season to us the more those players play together and the longer they spend under that manager I think they're going to get better and better and I, I think they can take quite a few useful points off some of our rivals and I think we probably played them at a really good time before they all got a chance to settle down yeah definitely I think you know bringing Cole back in you know he's a very experienced midfielder um, I think you know he's probably going to bring in the solidity in the central uh, midfield for Forest, which they're probably you know lacking under you know under Warburton 
and you know, they brought in the new keeper. Uh, can't remember who else they brought in, but you know, he's with Tomlin, big Lee Tomlin, chubby yeah. fella. Yeah, because he was a Middlesbrough <laughs> prank, wasn't he? You know, you need a chubby guy up front. Yeah, I mean, if he was, if he was fit, he'd be some player. Uh, it's you know, I think you'll you'll see that they won't be in the playoffs. So, you know, if they, you know, if he, I don't know. I think they're too. I think they're too far away. Yeah, I think they're too far away. But you're right. I think you know they will definitely cause teams problems, and hopefully it'll be the teams around us. You know, we haven't got to play them again this season, so that's great. Uh, But you know, if they're playing, you know, Derby or Villa or anyone like that, um, you can definitely take points off them. I think another point from that game, uh, you know, and it has we have discussed it before the goalkeeping situation. After that performance, do you think Bettinelli's got that you know position secured for the rest of the season, Matt? Um, yeah, I was going to bring this up actually. Um, for for a long time, I've been a sort of I don't care which keeper is in goal because they're both. I thought both aren't good enough for a promotion team, and there's not really a difference between them. I mean, Button uses his feet a bit more, Bet kicks longer a bit, but is a bit woeful with it. After the Forest game and after our run recently, I've been thinking I might have been wrong, and I think Bettinelli's probably a better option to go with going forwards. You know, it can't be a coincidence that he came in towards the end of last season and we went on a great run. You know, we, we picked up a lot of points and we got into the playoffs. You know, the goals the goals conceded went down as well. That's happened again this year. There's something there. Maybe maybe he's more vocal. Uh, there's there's a lot of weaknesses to his game still. But if we're going to stick with one, I think I think go with Bettinelli from now. Uh, I don't know if you agree with that, but um... yeah, I mean, I I, th- I think so. I'm I'm in the same camp as you. I kind of I don't think I, the keepers are you know promotion team quality but bets did show you know sort of a, a greater maturity in his game this weekend than he has done you know you know this season or sort of you know previous seasons and you know he has flapped it a lot in the past um i think he looked a lot you know a lot safer on saturday and i think you know he's the kind of player that's you know he's driven by the sort of the, the feel good factor of the club uh, you could tell, you know, with his celebrations at the end um, that you know, he wants to play for us. Uh, whereas I think Button is just kind of like he's picking up his paycheck and he just wants to get out of there at the end of the season. I think sort of all the sort of abuse that he's getting. Um, but John, what I mean, what's your feelings on that? Yeah, I'm, I, I've always preferred Betts, um, whether it's performance based just because, you know, he's been at the club for a long time. Um, his dad's there and all that. The, the the record, especially end of last season and when he's come back this season, it just speaks for itself. I mean, it, it might be luck, it might be who we're up against. I don't know, but he's just doing a lot better. He, he he's a bit less, he's a bit more no nonsense. You know, he's not trying to probably do exactly what the manager says and tippy tappy it about at the back, but it's clearly working. He's he's got a massive advantage as well. It's not just me. The, the fans really love him and don't get on his back and don't give him a hard time. I mean, standing in front of your own fans, getting grief the whole game. Um, must be quite a lonely and miserable place to to ply your trade, to be honest. So I really feel sorry for Betts. I mean, it's a bit mind numb to actually Betts or Butts. Sorry, Button. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> you know, if you're trying to help your team, that's not the way to do it as a fan. I thought I would. I forgot to mention during the uh, talking about the Forest game. I just wanted to make note of um, Matt Target, who I thought was brilliant and looks a really, really solid player. Actually, he he had, he had so much composure about him. Balls were being pinged at him, and he kind of like he's standing there waiting for the bus, traps it perfectly. And I think it could be quite daunting coming to a club who play the passing football we do. And it definitely isn't for him. The guy just looks so relaxed, just laid it off, put a few good crosses in. It just looks a proper left back, you know, someone you you could 
yeah, really see that side is now kind of solid and I don't think we'll be seeing anyone else there really if he's fit. Don't think we've got anyone else there, have we? Well, apart from well, yeah, Cesar Doyle, I mean, we, yeah. what we've been making do. I, I think we've, I think we've all got our wish now. Cesar's staying on the left wing. You know, Adoy will come in when needed. Obviously, Target's had his fitness issues over the last sort of eighteen months. Um, but you know, as well, yeah, as you say, he's looks so composed. He's a proper left back. He has, you know, he's come through that Southampton youth system, which is sort of famously good. Uh, you know, with all the players it's produced in the past, and you know, it's great to have someone who, when you see his name on the team sheet, you know, I'm only saying this from sort of seeing him for, you know, a game and a half, but you have confidence that he's going to put in a solid performance. So hopefully, you know, that going into sort of the business end of the season, that will have a real telling effect. But going back to Cess, you know, saying he looked a bit tired in in the Forest game, he's 17. Does he need a rest? I mean, he's playing well. He's producing, you know, sort of producing all these goals for us. He's you know, getting odd assist here and there. And he sort of, you know, has that level of excitement around him. But because of his age, is it, you know, unfair to think that he can play every game for the rest of the season? Do we need to give him a break and bring in one of our other wingers? Matt? It's a tough one. Um, because I'm sort of thinking because of his age, is that not a reason that he could play 90 minutes every week you know because he's got youth on his side <laughs> um so I, I i take the point it's kind of it's a risky game to get a player so young or well, he's been playing you know in the first team since he's 16 um it's a risky move to get a player so young playing so many games and in, in the past it's you know young players have burnt out or they've peaked too early and all that kind of thing but he's he's brilliant you know he's he's one of the better players in the team and He's he's been tested in a few different positions. I think Slav has uh, dealt with him perfectly, to be honest. And I'm happy with him with him playing all the time. I'm not sure whether it was that he was tired against Forest that he, is the reason he faded a bit, or just it didn't come off for him, and that's his kind of immaturity showing through. I haven't seen him looking tired. Perhaps when he's he's been playing at left back and he's been run ragged a few times, maybe then. But um, since he's been playing on the wing, he just looks like. He he wants more. He wants to keep going to me. I would I would drop him if his if his form fell down. But I I wouldn't I wouldn't leave him out just based on the fact that he's young. To be honest. Yeah, and that's fair enough. I mean, whether a player of that age, uh, whether they sort of you know, their muscles are developed as much as say a twenty five year old, uh, whether you know sort of come March time, maybe he's going to be feeling a bit sort of a uh, bit sore or whatever. Which you know. I don't know, when, when I was 17, you know, you can run around for hours. You know, can you do it on a professional football pitch week in, week out without taking a bit of a break? I mean, John, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I, I don't know if he is, I mean, one is or was tired. I mean, one bad performance, or not, not the worst performance, but, you know, didn't show us capable of his best. But we've got, you know, we've got professionals to, to work that out, really. So unless there's something seriously wrong, you know, I, I they'll flag that. Otherwise, from a selfish point of view, I don't know how long he'll be with us, and I want to see as much of him as possible in a Fulham shirt. To be honest, so as long as it's not going to damage him physically, then you know, let him keep going. And you know, he's our top scorer, so it would be tactically a bit silly to 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 drop him if he is still in form and scoring. Yep, good points. Um, one 
one other point uh, of players that need to sort of come back in at some point, obviously Kearney. Uh, you know, there were photos of him coming back from wherever it was, getting rehab on his knee. You know, when he first sort of, you know, uh, dropped out of the team, we missed him. Uh, you know, the sort of the Norwood, Steph, Joe, McDonald trio um, looked like it was, you know, missing, you know, an, you know, an essential part of it. A few wins under our belt. Would he walk straight back into the team? I mean, it's almost like I'm sort of comparing it to uh, when McCormack left. You know, the idea that, you know, we wouldn't have him to focus our play on seemed, you know, awful. But, you know, you got used to it. You know, you didn't rely on that one player to sort of create everything or score everything. Is this a similar situation with Kearney? You know, have we learned to play without him? Have we learned not to rely on him for, you know, for, or, you know, albeit amazing talent? You know, the guy's a fantastic player. He was incredible last season. He hasn't quite shown it this season, understandably, with his dodgy knee. But do you think we'll be seeing much more of him for the rest of the, for the, rest of the season, Matt? <sighs> I I'm not so sure we will. I think you know he might he might be back to full fitness for the running and towards the end of the season and and for the playoffs. And I think as well as you know the the midfield three have done Johansson, Norwood and Kmac in the middle. They've they've really kind of developed something during this run. I still think we're better with Tom Kenny. Um, it, it slightly changes the way we play as and he he's a bit. He's a bit more. Uh, he plays a bit closer to the strikers. He, you know, he he turns quickly. He he looks up with a, with a quick pass and that kind of thing. It's a lot more. It's a lot more tight in there when we play. But at the same time, he he sort of draws players towards him and then it creates space for others. So so we play differently. And I think with a, a fully fit Tom Kenny, we'd be looking even better than we do now. Who who drops out? It it would probably have to be. Ollie Norwood, as good as he's been recently, uh, I mean he he was he was pretty poor against Southampton, but since that he's he's shown what he can do, and he's a di- he's a different kind of prospect, you know. He he tries that angled ball down the wing. He, he he always does that. We play a bit more direct, if you like, with him. I think so. It's good to have that option, but I, I would you know I would drop him if Tom Kenny comes back because I think Kenny's just a better player. John, would you agree? Yeah, I, I hope to see him playing again, to be honest, because he is, I mean, the best out of all of our midfielders when fit, if not the best player on the, on the whole pitch. I mean, the, the, the injury is obviously really why we've, we've spoken about it before, and it, it's, you know, obviously baffling um, scientists as well as, you know, us on the sideline. It's, it must be very frustrating for him. But if we can get him fit, he has to be, you know, one of the first names on there. And hopefully we can find a way to use him, getting him back in, you know, he, against hard legs, he's going to be. He's going to be dangerous. He, he can beat players for fun. And he is um, so good when on song. We, we, we really, you know, we haven't seen half the player last season. He scored loads of goals, loads of assists. He was shooting from outside the box and scoring, you know, loads of great goals like that. And if we could kind of add that threat to our game again, we'd be a better team for it. Um, I do think it's brilliant what Norwood's doing, actually. He's, um, he's really stepped up. It's making the transition so much easier. And uh, I mean, with Piazon as well, he, he can play narrower and he's creative and kind of can do some of the things Kearney can. And even Font can drop back and do stuff. So we've, we've definitely got a lot more cover than, than we would have had last season. I do think he, he's slightly different to um, McCormack, whereas he was very much kind of, you know, the goal scorer, kind of me, 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 I suppose, a bit. But um, 
even though Kearney was brilliant, he, his game is always just bringing people in into the game and, and spraying the ball about. So um, yeah, maybe that's one of the reasons why we found it almost easier to easier to kind of adapt without him. But if you think of our midfield from last season, if Kearney's fit, we've got a stronger midfield. So fingers crossed, we can go slightly further this season. Yeah, I mean there is there is no question about it. I mean if Kenny is fit and ready to play, you know, he needs to be fit to play 90 minutes. I think if you've only got a sort of a 70% fit version of him, it's not really helping anyone because obviously in this league as well, it's, you know, it's, it's physical, you know, it's, we've got to, if we're going to play our game, we have to be able to take sort of the, you know, the hits from the other teams. Um, so if a 70% Kenny comes on that first challenge, you know, gets him on the knee, that's kind of him dropping down to, you know, 40% for the rest of the game. Um, so I think once he is fit to go, once he knows in his own body that he can play a full 90 minutes, then I think we need to get him back in as soon as we can. But if he's not, you know, raring to go, then it's essentially going to do us more damage. You know, he might put a few good passes here and there, but he won't be up to work as hard um, as we need him to. I think, you know, when he came off the bench against Burton, you know, it was the game was already won. It wasn't much for him to do, but obviously that did him a bit more damage because we haven't seen him since. Ideally, you know, they've fixed him in Barcelona. I think it was, uh, but I think he's going to need a couple more weeks before we do see him again. Uh, I think, I think it's, uh, sorry, I think it's also amazing. Yeah, it's amazing what results do. Um, you know, after our recent run, we're kind of not all that daunted by the proposition of him not playing. If we lost two on a trot people were probably trying to rush him back a little bit quicker. So the guys who've got the, you know, got the starting place at the moment can can do everyone a, a favour. Tom's knee and, you know, the fans and the manager don't have to make the manager won't have to make such a difficult decision if they keep performing and, and winning as we as we are. One of the other uh, uh big signings who came in sort of in the second half of the game was uh, Mitrovic. Uh, what did you make of him, John? Yeah, he, he looked kind of um he looked good. He looked different to what we have, you know, kind of very central big, strong fella, got a header on target from a corner, which was, oh, I had to pinch myself for that. Um, no, he de- I mean, with a player like him, you've got in for the rest of the season, you kind of, you're just looking for the potential really, aren't you? you you're not, he's not going to show you all of his attributes within that, within that short period of time, but he offers us something different. He kind of, more of a threat, you know, more of a physical challenge, airily and on the deck than, than our other players. And um, I think he can, he could be massive for us. He's something very different. I mean, if, if Betts isn't going to be passing it short from the back, he's a player who could actually win that, hold it up, and it might stick. Um, and we can get people playing around him. I just feel, you know, he can hold the ball up with his back to goal and get, get people around him. And um, I always think, we, I mean, he's good to put crosses into because he's, he's quite a big lad, but I always feel we don't do enough through the middle. And with, with someone, a big target man in the middle like him, I think we might be slightly more direct, which um, I do think we, we lack directness a lot and it can make quite frustrating viewing so um we've you know with the three strikers we've now got we've got covering three slightly different bases and um if he can perform to his highest level we, we've done really well there uh, yeah i think uh, you know a lot of feedback from the newcastle fans was that they were really disappointed to him, disappointed to see him go because the options that they do have you know they're not up to scratch up there i was, I was slightly um what's the word uh, cautious about his signing I mean, he's when he was at Partizan Belgrade, obviously, he was banging them in. Different league, but I'm sure it was pretty physical as well. And he came to Newcastle, he did well. But the thing that obviously did stand out about him was his complete lack of discipline. 
you know, he seemed, whenever you used to um, see the results, there was always at least a yellow card next to his name. I mean, Matt, what did you think when you saw it? Did you, were you excited by the prospect of having him or did, did you sort of think, oh God, is it just going to be some guy who gets suspended every few games? Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. My first thought was the discipline. And I mean, you know, he's a, he's a mean looking bloke, isn't he? Well, he's Serbian. Um, They're not exactly the friendliest looking people. So, <laughs> no, that's a good point. But um, he's, he, he plays, you know, he, he plays that way as well. He's, he's close to the edge. Um, but the thing that I thought was interesting when he, when he came on, we were, we'd been started to go under a bit of pressure, you know, Forrest had come out well in the second half and they, they'd had a couple of chances. You know, Slav brought him on pretty early in the, in the second half, I think about 10 minutes in. It, it sort of changed the game. It, it, it put the pressure back onto them. You know, he was a big part of that because he's, you know, he's, he's a presence. He had, he had defenders on him the whole time. Um, you know, he, he didn't do a lot with the ball when he got it, I don't think. But just, just the fact, you know, he was there, he was, he was going for headers, he was making himself a nuisance. I think, you know, that, that, that could be important. The way we play, you know, with one up front, we need, we need that player who's, you know, who can hold it up, who can, who can flick it on, who can, you know, create the space for someone to run in behind. And I think out of the three, he's, he's most suited to the way we play, to be honest. You know, I don't really want to bring up Chris Martin, but I, I think we've, we've missed that kind of, you know, that sort of player who can, chest it on to a winger or you know who can try a flick who can who can bring it down and turn and you know bring others into play and he, he looks most suited to that and then then physically you know font, font is obviously technically a good player but he, he he's not quite up to it physically i don't think um, well I, I like you know, I obviously, obviously mitrovic as well has you know experienced the championship from last season um unlike sort of kamara font they you know they're not you know they weren't experienced in the you know in the championship in England at all when they uh, when they joined. So obviously that does add that extra bonus to signing someone from a Premiership team. We've had, we've got some questions as well come in, and uh, one that's coming from everyone's favourite Fulham Twitter account, White Noise, uh, says, "Does Mitrovic now start every game over Font and Kamara, or do you rotate on occasion? Would you ever start a game with two or three of them on the pitch?" Uh, sorry, would you ever start the game with two of the three of them on the pitch? If so, which two? Uh, John, who do you think? Uh, I I don't think he'll start next game, to be honest. Oh, it's quite early. He did look a little bit like he was carrying a little bit of um, weight from not playing very much. Um, it's a little bit, I, mean, I think it's all quite harsh on Kamara, who, you know, hasn't, has fi- finally found form and then... It's kind of the unwanted man a bit, you know. Font's been getting the look in ahead of him, and we've been getting the results. But it seems like Font and um, Mitro are the kind of go-to starters. I think before too long, he will be kind of the the, the guy who's, who's starting most of the games. But I th- we'll probably try and work him in a bit a bit more gentle. As to two of the three, I think we could play almost any combination of them. To be honest, I mean, we haven't really, but I can't see any reason why not. Um, although Kamara's big he's not all that tall but he's he's quick so he's the only one of the three that has the pace Mitro has the height and um Font has kind of a bit of finesse so it's not really Slav's way to be honest he's pretty stuck in his system I think uh there's no reason why it couldn't work put it that way I, I can't I don't think we'll see too much of it but I'm guessing in, in after a game or two I think Mitro will be will be starting yeah I don't think you'll be seeing you know the two of them start together I think it's definitely an option for later on in the game. 
have you know Mitro there and then you know with Kamara as well I think you're right Font does add that certain amount of finesse uh, which may not well uh, be suited to the championship obviously he's you know he's only scored three goals he is what well, was lacking confidence I think he seems a bit more sort of up for it now but I think Mitrovic will be sort of you know eased into the into the side I think you know obviously he does have that gives that option that we don't currently have I think Kamara you know he's still young I think if he was brought in to change our team from the get-go, then that was kind of a short-sighted sort of vision for him. I think, you know, if we keep him for the next three, four years, it'll be interesting to see how he develops, you know, because his game is so raw. Um, And I think, you know, if we give him a few more seasons, I think, you know, you'll start seeing a really good player. I think with Font, obviously we bought him, you know, we spent big money on him. Um, I think we were expecting a bit more in terms of, you know, what we get for that. Uh, but again, I think he just needed this season to really sort of get a, sort of get a hang of what this league's about. Um, I kind of feel that we might not have them both next season. I think, uh, obviously, you know, Mitrovic, if he does well here, he'll go back to Newcastle. Or, you know, if he really likes it down here, we might try and make a bid for him. But obviously, that's you know, sort of hearsay at the moment. Um, so I don't know, Matt, what do you think? Do you think we could start seeing two of them play together? Or do you think it's likely that we'll just see one of them and then you'll get the other two come off the bench towards the end of the game? Yeah, I, I think one up top is what we'll see most of. Um, I think by the end of the season, Mitrovic will probably have started, will start more games from now until the end of the season than the other two. Um, I think once he's, you know, fighting fit, he'll he'll be the main striker that we start with if we we're going to see two i think i think font will usually have to be one of the two because i think he's he's a better kind of link to the midfield he, he likes to kind of drop deep anyway um i don't think he's best suited to be a lone striker we've seen he he's worked quite well with kamara in the past in a few games earlier in the season and i think he could strike up something mitrovic as well so we might see font and one of the others in some games this season but i think most of the time, Slav will go with one. And like I said, for more more often than not, it will probably be Mitrovic after, you know, a month or so where, before he's, uh, when he gets to fitness. And hopefully he does stay fit. You know, hopefully he stays clear of any suspensions. Hopefully he sort of gets fitter, you know, and hopefully we'll see the kind of player that Newcastle fans say he is. Um, because I haven't really watched a lot of him in the past. I just know his kind of reputation. I've seen he's sort of scored a few here and there. But, you know, he's a bit of a hero up there, uh, probably because he's a hard bastard and they like that up there. Whereas, some, you know... Some, sorry, to interrupt. sorry, something I thought I was just thinking about, about um, Mitrovic and Font, actually, is, you know, he might really help Font because he, he could almost fight the battles with the centre-backs for him, be the kind of bully up there. And, it, and that, that might take some of the pressure off Font and they won't be so at him and then he'll have a bit more time. And Because, you know, he, although he puts himself about Font, he does seem to get kind of pushed over and eased off it a bit too easy. But if there's someone else up, someone else there, really kind of a handful, that might be what unlocks the, well, the fee we paid, really. You know, we'll see the player we paid for. Yeah, I mean, you know, only time will tell what Slav does. I mean, I'm never one to try and sort of overly predict what lineup he's going to play. Uh, or, you know, sort of we'll, we'll see what he uh, decides. Obviously, the fact that both Serbia and the fact he got him in um, rather last minute you know, makes you think that, yeah, he definitely wanted him there. So hopefully, you know, we'll start seeing this talent come through. And, you know, as we sort of get close to the end of the season, it will really make a telling difference. 
another question that we've got uh, from at Darjo177 is, uh, Christie is an excellent cross of the ball. Do you think we'll use him on the right wing? Now it looks like Mitrovic is going to be our main target man. Um, obviously, that's, again, factoring in that, you know, Mitrovic will be um, as, you know, a starting striker. But it's an interesting question because I thought it was, a, you know, it was an odd signing. I mean, he's a great, from what I've heard, you know, he's a great right back, very quick and sort of got a good, good pass on him, which makes him sound a bit like Fred. And I thought perhaps, you know, is this a way of doing a similar job with Fred that they've done with Cesc? You know, are they going to start moving him slightly more out of defence and start getting him on the right wing to sort of, you know, really exploit his pace? Or as, you know, the question says, you know, will it be the other way around? Do you think Christie has been bought in uh, not only as a backup right back or as a potential new right winger? Matt? I, I don't think so. I think he's been brought in to provide cover to right back. I, I believe he can play in midfield as well as a holding midfielder and you know he's he's a big lad so he can probably you know fill in at center back i think we've got uh, you know a lot of good wingers and i'd be reluctant to replace him with most suited to be a right back interesting point about about fred i mean i, I frederick is arguably you know the best right back in the league but there are some things about him that that frustrate me a bit i, I feel he's a bit he's a little bit one di- one dimensional in that you know, he he can obviously beat a man just like that, but um, he he always tries to kind of he stops the ball and then beats him for acceleration, and then he takes the ball to the byline and and crosses it. But I don't think his crossing is is as good as it should be. So for that reason, I'd also be reluctant to see Fredericks on the on the uh, the actual wing as well. But I'll be interested to see Christie and Fredericks compete for the right back. To be honest, you know they're they're both excellent players. You know, made the made the best man win. So I think I'd be more comfortable if they were both competing for that for that position. To be honest, do you, I mean? Do you think that you know what with um, Fred's contract running out in the summer? Do you think it was more of a signing to say, look, you're a great player. We really value you. We want you to sign a new contract. But if you don't, if you leave, we've got someone who's quick, who can pass, you know, and can replace you without a sort of you know a second thought. Uh, John, I don't know, did that sort of cross your mind when you saw him come in? Yeah, big time, to be honest. I mean, um, we, as Matt said, we've got too many wingers to buy a right back as a winger, in my opinion, um, if he's a great crosser or not. I really like Fred. I know he's a bit limited. I can see that. But when he runs at pace, it's quite hard to put a perfect cross in when you're running that quick, I think. Um, and actually, I think so much of the team is, Fred really helps the dynamic of the team. He's so quick. He's good at covering back. He does a lot kind of gives other people a license to push on a bit just because they know he can get back and do stuff. I think basically Fredericks has been dicking about with his contract. I think this signing is basically the end of Fredericks. I don't I, I don't think a club can keep two right backs of that quality happy. And and three or something million, which was quoted for a player. Um I think we've just seen a player who we know can could almost kind of fit in Fred's shoes and bought while we had the opportunity. I mean, I don't think any of us were really looking to strengthen at right-back. I, I wasn't. Um, I mean, it's nice to have strength in every position, but I was thinking more centre-back. But I, I think they're both going to have to compete for that place, and I think that's that, that's healthy. Um, I think it probably will mean that Fred goes. Actually, with targets, targets are good crosser of the ball, and if Christie is as well, it, it's a slight, slightly new dynamic. Doyle, Sess and Fredericks aren't, you know, the world's greatest. So 
it's another kind of string to our bow, really. Excited to see where, where, where it goes. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be seeing sort of Christie start many games in, you know, in the near future. But I guess the longer this um, contract sort of issue does go on, um, you know, he may have already stated his intention to leave the season. We don't know. Um, but I would think that, you know, the board are certainly trying to sort of get him to sign a new one. I'm sure his agent is whispering in his ear saying, you know, we've got interest in premiership teams. You know, you can go and earn double what you're earning now. But I guess, you know, he's also waiting to see if we get promoted, which, you know, in all fairness, you know, he's 25. Um, he would want to join a premiership t- team now if he's going to do it at all. So I would like him to stay. I think he's a great player. You know, he he is a bit limited with his crosses, uh, but he does offer that speed that, you know, no other right back in the league can. Um, and I think, you know, in as a, if we did get to the point where, you know, we had a few injuries, you know, obviously you can't, you know, never show with, with our wingers that we have, you know, a few of them on loan, but we've also got, you know, a couple that we own. But Aita, I don't trust him to stay fit for more than, you know, half an hour. And Cabano, you know, I love him, but he, he's a bit hot and cold sometimes. I think, you know, he does give that other option, you know, where he may not be a best crosser, he can cut in. You know, he can beat sort of players for pace. So, you know, it, I don't think it's, you know, out of the question that we can keep both of them. Uh, but it, yeah, you're right. It would be very hard to sort of keep them both happy. So I guess we'll just see, you know, by the end of the season, you know, how it's gone. If he hasn't signed a contract by the end of the season, I think he probably will leave. Could I just um, jump in as well, Mia? What What's quite interesting about the three signings we have made is they're all bigger than kind of what, what we had before. And... Um, I mean, I'm looking at tar- targets taller than Reem, I think. And then this new guy's 6'2", 6'3", and Mitro's bigger than any of our strikers. So, you know, height can help depending on who we're playing against. It could be tactical to have, you know, that extra height on the pitch for defending set pieces or even scoring them. It should be novel. I think you can tell the stats man's gone out. Um, and, you know, Slav's been told, you know, who do you want? And he's probably just told him, I just want some really big players because we're kind of sort of, you know, we're a bit lean, we're a bit short at the moment. You know, and sort of like even Kamara. You know, he's built like a brick shit house, but you know, he's only about five foot ten. So, you know, you're right. Mitrovic does it off for that sort of height as well. What's really refreshing is actually Slav after a window being so happy. Yeah. Not often you, you yeah, see it, smiled, but like, didn't yeah, yeah. And, that, you know, I've always felt give the guy, even if you're not going to give him the whole transfer kit, you, you kind of give him what you want and then he's accountable. If you're just going to give him players, he's always got an excuse if things don't go well. So, um, you know, he. He'd probably still find an excuse, but, you know, to say, well, we've given you what you asked for, it's really down to him to go and do it. And hopefully he's got the determination to do that because at certain points, it almost feels like he was picking players and doing things to kind of prove a point, prove we weren't very good. And it's kind of, well, you know, that isn't the way um, not any of us fans wanted to see it. And I might be wrong, but it did feel a little bit like that sometimes. Well, you know, happy Slav, it's good to have. So hopefully he'll stay smiling um, as much as he can. Uh, for the rest of the season, uh, I wouldn't bet on it. Uh, I think he likes this sort of moody, moody appearance uh, that he gives. But one more question before we have to bring this to a close uh, is from Fulham Jason on Twitter, and he says currently Derby and Villa are in a great run of form as well. How do we stack up against those sides, uh, Matt? Straight off, what do you think? Uh, I think Villa are more of a threat than Derby. Um... Their form, I think, I think they're the only team who's got better form than, than we have. I think they've won six in a row and we've won, at the, at the moment, five. It's really starting to come together for Villa. Um, I think 
I don't think Derby are out of reach for us, and I think we should be targeting second. But but Villa for me are the ones to watch. I think we can over we can overturn the six point lead uh, deficit to Derby. It might well you know rest on how we how we play against Villa in a, you know a couple of weeks time or less than a couple of weeks time. That's the the biggest game we've got coming up. I think Villa are a real threat, and I think it'll be you know Wolves and us or Wolves and Villa at the end of the season. Yeah, I think I mean it's just you know, Wolves. Uh, unless they capitulate now, you know, basically certainty is to go up. John, what do you think? Do you think Villa are just, uh, they've kicked into it sort of at the right time and will probably sort of take it? Or do you think we can, you know, overtake them? Uh, I, I think it's probably a three-horse race for that second with, with us and those two teams. Um, I've not seen a lot of Derby. I watched the um, Sheffield United-Villa uh, game and I wasn't really, I wasn't impressed with Villa. I wasn't unimpressed, but I mean, um, Sheffield United were much the better team throughout throughout. Both halves really, and then Villa got a last last gasp goal, quite reminiscent of us, to be honest. I think I was going to um, say it sounds it sounds familiar, you know. Yeah, I, I playing think, not I, particularly I, well and winning in the last minute. I mean, I'm fine with that. I think that's probably. I think I think Villa are probably going to be better at doing that than us. If I'm honest, I mean, I, I still haven't seen a performance other than Burton that's really blown me away. But we're doing it, so I'm not I'm not complaining. But um, I'm not scared. Of either of those teams, but I think we need to find our form from the end of last season. When I say form, a level of performance. I don't know how long, kind of slightly off our best, we'll keep getting three points. Um, so, you know, it's it's going to be really interesting. You know, three big clubs, and a lot of it's going to come down to how we perform against them. But you know, if we if we can um, if we can beat them, and that then puts a seed of doubt into their mind. You know, they're neck and neck with us, and we beat them. We must be much better than them, of course. Um, so, you know that 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 could be huge. Really, those if we, if we lose against both of them, then we have to be happy with playoffs. But um, if we can win those two, I mean, the, the confidence about the camp is just going to going to skyrocket. And beating teams, knowing that you might have to play them again in the playoffs, is is not a bad bad thing to do. No, and I think you know, uh, obviously Villa are playing well at the moment. You know, the sort of um, Scott Hogan started banging them in. You know, he'd had a pretty sort of dire start to the season. Uh, up there, and uh, I hate to say it, but John Terry's probably doing quite well as well up there. And and you know another option they've got now, if you know Steve Bruce is talking to him, is they've got Ross McCormack back. Um, they decided not to extend his loan in Melbourne. Uh, he's been you know although his a lot of his goals have come from set, pe- uh, set pieces, he's you know he's scored quite a few down there, uh, albeit in a you know not being too harsh in a second rate league. You know he's he's scored a few goals. He's got his confidence back. I imagine he's probably a lot fitter than he was, you know, last season. Um, so, you know, he could offer them something a little bit different as well. So I guess, you know, if we, obviously, when we play them and he plays, he'll score because that's just how it happens. <laughs> but, you know, maybe that will be something that sort of helps them along the way. Um, I kind of feel like Derby, you know, they had a 3-0 win at the weekend against Brentford, but, you know, Brentford had a player sent off. And, you know, have, have they really got anything to play for anymore? Probably not. And, you know, sort of the other teams around us, Cardiff, they were dropping off a bit. I think Sheffield United are sort of, you know, they finally, you know, although they've played, you know, they've uh, done really well this season, they've started sort of dropping down. And, uh, you know, I think we're obviously looking strong for the playoffs. I think you're right. How long can we carry on winning, you know, getting three points by playing sort of fairly averagely um, each week? And, you know, we've had a good run of games, uh, which were sort of, you know, winnable games that we did win. But now we've got sort of, you know, we're coming up to a steep hill. 
And, you know, we've got to come into that with a lot of momentum. We've got Bolton away on Saturday, which really we should win. But, you know, they had a good win against Bristol City last Friday. And so I wouldn't take that for granted. I think we've really got to up our game a bit. And, you know, hopefully those wins against sort of teams that are somewhat lower than us in the league, we can sort of use that confidence built from them to then take on the teams around us and hopefully get, you know, a couple of wins from, you know, sort of the next three games. Matt, have you got any other yeah. thoughts on this? Well, yeah, I mean, our February and March is, you know, Im- impressively difficult, I think. If we're still in, you know, within a couple of wins of second by the end of March, then it's there for the taking. But really, I mean, we, you know, we've got Villa, Bristol City, Wolves, Derby, Sheffield United and Norwich all in the next two months. That's that's an incredible run of games. As you say, it's good that we've, we've started to beat teams you know, below us in the league because that was one of our, our real weak points last season. You know, our, our, our run to the playoffs, we beat yeah, a lot of the top a lot of the top six, the top ten in that in that run. If we could do that again this year, then I'd fancy us. So I'd I'd want to see us, you know, keep within six points of second by the end of March. To be honest, I'd, I'd be delighted with that. And uh, before we go quickly, obviously Bolton on Saturday. Um, John, do you see us playing the same team as we did against Forest, or do you think there'll be a couple of changes? Um, I expect it will probably be the same. To be honest, I, I think it's too soon for Mitro. Um, yeah, unless. Sess, I think unless Sess says to the manager, look, I want a rest, which I can't see him do, I think he's going to play. He possibly be the only one that I would even consider um, leaving out. If we're, you know, if we're um, flying against them, then it might be a good opportunity to put Christie in. But how that will go down with Fred, I'm not 100% sure. But, you know, get a lead or get ahead in the game. And then second half, get Mitro um and maybe Christy on just to give him some game time. It, it does a lot depend on, I mean, teams tend to play like the away team at home to us. Um, I do think Kamara is much da- more dangerous when there's a bit of space in behind him. So I fear now with kind of two strikers probably ahead of him from the start, he might find his time a bit limited. But <laughs> although the performance wasn't stunning, I thought it was much better than Barnsley and um, I, I wouldn't change too much on the winning team. Um, and yeah, just... For what it's worth, what a prediction for the game. I'll go for another 2 0, I think. Matt? Um, yeah, I was going with 2 0. Uh, I think we keep another clean sheet. We weren't great against Bolton first time around, and I, I can see the, the form carrying on. I think, you know, we've got, uh, we've got a good record up there. I think we've, uh, you know, we've won quite a lot of games up there in the past. Um, so, yeah, I think I'll go. I think I'll go two one on this. I think you know we're always you know slightly susceptible to conceding a goal, um, so I'll give Bolton benefit of the doubt that they can score one. Uh, but yeah, I think we'll come away with the three points. But then obviously, then we kick into the real sort of like the serious games. So hopefully, you know, we go out come out out uh, from that game with some proper confidence, and yeah, sort of you know march on to the Villa game. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for joining me tonight. Um, It's been great to have you again. And yeah, everyone, thanks for listening. Um, Keep listening, uh, watching out for the uh, podcast, Q&As with Danny Boy. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at Fulham Focus. Uh, We're on Instagram as well, Fulham Focus. And we're currently setting up a Facebook page. I think it's disappeared recently, Uh, but we should be back on there as well. So thanks for listening. And yeah, have a good week.
Fulham. <laughs>